Hey everybody, uh, we are in the uh, studio today for the Talking Energy Show. I'm going to give a shout out, uh, man, our benefactor, Trace Management, uh, their engineering firm and uh, project management team gave us uh, this office and uh, get to get my friends in here, give little uh, little talks about uh, oil and gas and uh, all the amazing parts that surround it. Uh, you guys, thank you for coming today. I've got, uh, got friends in here. I'm just going to let everybody go around the table and uh, introduce yourselves and uh, who you're with. Go ahead, Josh. Hey, thanks, Matt. Josh Muggenberg, Baseline Energy Services, and uh, appreciate you having me. Appreciate you being here, Zach. Know you, and uh, good to see you. you. Know, good to seeing you again. And of course, Alex and I work together. But I'll turn it to Alex, and when it goes around, I want to want to start us off with a Matt Hill introduction. Oh God, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm uh, Alex Flournoy. I've uh, been uh, working over at Baseline Energy for the last couple three years as the uh, corporate development manager, actually in uh, Denver, Colorado. Glad to have Josh on the team. Glad to be down here in uh, Oklahoma City. And uh, glad to be hanging out with you boys. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming, Alex. Appreciate you. And then we got Zach. Zach. Zach Coplin, Blue Bison Analytics. We are an oil and gas engineering software company in Oklahoma City. Met these guys through the oil and gas networking, tailgating type of events. And yeah, we have a good time. We're still hanging out for some reason. Speaking of tailgating, we're going to go ahead and plug that right now. Absolutely. Plug it. That was my book. Every home game in Norman, look up oilfieldtailgate.com. I want you guys to come down there and join us. We have a great time. And donate. Yeah, donate. Of course, yeah. We want sponsors, but we have, uh, man, Josh is uh, one of the co-founders of that thing. What have we did? 12 years now, I think. Yeah, maybe, it was maybe longer. 2010, right around that, that time frame, 09, 10. Least, yeah. I, well, think, I think we're going on 12 years. So this might be our 12th year, 13th, I don't know. But we, we had it in a building. But every home game, food, uh, live local bands, and uh, open bar. Friendship. 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 <laughs> yeah. Make a lot of friends. Yeah, Friendship absolutely. and, and uh, good old Sooner football. We need a lot of Sooner magic this year. So I mean, I'm always rooting for all the teams in our t- in our. You know, yeah, I mean, you have I, a good heart. I, I root for the Bronchos. Yeah, you, you have know, a good heart. I, I do have a good heart. Yeah, you're a good guy. And then speaking of that, being oh, a good here, guy, here we go. Yeah, I've been with Baseline now right around three months, ten years at Pilot Thomas. Appreciate all they did for me in my career. You know, Appreciate been, all the times you uh, lended a hand to cook together. Oh, we had a great time. Yeah. Well, that, that leads into my story. So interviewing with uh, Baseline Energy, we're, we're having some conversations, and one guy's like, well, you you obviously can't be in the oil field if you don't know a guy named Matt Hill. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I've never heard of Matt. No, never heard of him before ever. And he's like, really? I'm like, listen, I've known Matt for a long, long time. Matt Hill before he was Matt Hill. So I want to tell you <laughs> what you've done and uh, how, you've, how you've taken yourself, your business, and, and networking, and putting a name out there for yourself hands down you need to be proud of that and be blessed i know you are this is a guy that, that doesn't take friendships for granted no and um he he treats everyone with respect and kindness whether they're a customer a prospect your family you've been over the house before we've had a lot of you know some great times and a lot of stories we can't share on this podcast maybe that's an after hours podcast we can do one of those in the future <laughs> I, I think all three of the people are watching this we could probably share that story with <laughs> <laughs> but good time so i thought that was pretty funny in, in that interview your name came up so that's yeah, congrats to you man kudos yeah, I, i'm i'm truly honored and blessed by everything that Wolfield's done for uh, me and my family and obviously everything that uh Everything I have, uh, one person is responsible. That's God. He's He's given me everything, right? Amen. That's how I, that's how I get stuff done. Yes, I hand it over to him. Um, man, so uh, I'm very curious about baseline and energy services. Uh, the 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 things you guys can do over there, taking you know all these well sites across the United States and uh, freeing them up to do uh, amazing things, you know, without having to be tied to a grid or creating your own grid, microgrids. Uh, I mean, Alex. Uh, Josh, take it away, man. Tell me everything about Baseline, what you guys can do for well owners out there. Yeah, I'll I'll, kind of just kick off a little bit and let Alex. Alex, very impressive individual. Um, He's probably not going to toot his own horn, but a petroleum engineering background. 
you know, he's an oily for life family, kind of in, in his blood from Shreveport, Louisiana. Knows the business very well from, uh, you know, rig up to uh, completion. So he, he's got it down and he spent time offshore and spent time roughnecking as a drilling rig as well, which that's probably the after hours podcast. We can talk through that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some good stories. But, um, you know, Baseline's a great, a great family company. They have a great culture. You know, Graham Rather started the company in, I believe, 2012. Uh, started up here in Oklahoma, up in Kansas, providing, you know, natural gas generators. And that's that's a key to our business. If, I'm sure everyone's being tasked with the ESG initiative. ESG. We've been doing that at Baseline since existence, and, and that's one of our uh, strong footholds within, uh, you know, within the oil patch and something that is con- going to continue to grow stronger as over the next few years there's a pretty big highlight on it and, and going to continue to be. But uh, there's multiple things that we can do, multiple things that we can offer, but, you know, providing power, natural gas, power to the to the well site, to com- um, Bitcoin mining, building microgrids, uh, it's kind of our specialty. But Alex can kind of go through the history and, and everything that's along the lines there, and he can read gas analysis, all that stuff, Matt, that you know I can look at, and it's all foreign language to me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Alex is kind of the, the, the brains behind all that. So Alex, Alex, are you the brains in this room right now? Let's hear it. Uh, I don't know about all that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I learned enough in school to try to be dangerous in the sales world. When I hang out with my engineering buddies, I'm uh, You're an engineering buddy, though. I'm You're usually, the, I'm usually the dumbest one in the room. When I hang out with a bunch of sales guys, I usually feel a little bit better about myself when it comes <laughs> to being technical. Yeah, yeah you're going to be the smartest guy in this room. <laughs> Hands down. Well, sure. okay, maybe. Well, Zach is going to give him a run for his money. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been a, it's been a good fun career for me. You know, just after getting out of engineering school, I was uh, thinking I would go in to be an operations engineer for an EMP business. I'd worked four summer internships. Dad ran an EMP company. Worked a couple of my internships there. Met a guy playing golf right before I graduated. He says you might be an engineer, but you're a salesman, and I'm going to hire you. And uh, the rest cool. is history. I spent I spent ten years in the natural gas compression business, uh, East Texas, Canada, and then been in Denver, Colorado for the last seven eight years. And then got the opportunity three years ago to switch over to power generation. And, uh, you know, like Josh was saying, Baseline, uh, great family-ran company. Started with two or three employees. Now we got over 100 folks there. Started with four or five generators. Now we've got 1,200 of them. And the mission was to replace diesel with natural gas. And so when we talk about ESG, burning an engine is not exactly ESG, but burning natural gas versus burning diesel. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's the benefit. Right. And then, and then now the transition is all these well sites that we talk about across the United States with the flare gas, Right. Well, guess what? You guys have a solution. Absolutely. And that has been from a once every six months phone call to three phone calls a day here in the last few months with taking stranded gas and doing data mining, whether that's blockchain, whether it's cryptocurrency, whether it's Bitcoin, whatever it may be. Um, eliminating flares and reducing flaring intensity has become a large, large topic uh, in our industry. And Bitcoin requires a, or crypto in general requires quite a bit of power, which the best way to make power is with free fuel. And if you've got flare gas, then you've got free fuel. And uh, it's a, kind of a little match made in heaven. It's a nice little niche for us now. So how, is, how are they going to pay the mineral owners for, for that uh, flare gas? And, and, you know, that used to be like, hey, this is something that we are taking a hit on. This is a loss. And now it's like, oh, well, this is worth something now. So, you know, we've all talked about almost, you know, several of the podcasts now we mentioned, like, you know, what's the best model to uh, pay people for the minerals on that gas? You it's know, really... Are you going to pay them in Bitcoin? Are you going to pay them in the... In the uh, you know, price per uh, you know MCF, what it really depends. So if the gas is is going to be in a position to be on on a sales point and be able to go sold to a midstream or to get processed, it's tough to take that gas and convince somebody to give it to you for anything less than what Henry Hub price or whatever they're selling it for. Right. But if you've got stranded gas, whether that be flared gas or just the fact that you drilled a well, you've got a bunch of oil, you're trucking it out, but you're you know you're able to tank it and truck it, but you're flaring the gas um, for years and years. That was totally fine, and in some states it still is. Uh, a lot not of states it's not, and it's, and it's not for long, but 
And I'd, and I'd rather, as an industry, take care of ourselves before it becomes a regulation, right? We don't need the government to tell us, like, look, we know that's money that's getting burned up. We don't like money burned up. We just haven't had a solution until we, now. We don't, or the government does. The government doesn't care. Oh, okay. They, 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 well, they care about one thing, getting their taxes. Oh, there you go. There you go. Which means regulation. We're going to make that clear, Let's right? make this very clear. Yeah, all right. They go. love regulating this. There you go. Yeah, and then the regulation coming now with the infrastructure bill is going to possibly be coming after a lot of these Bitcoin folks and people in the industry who are going into the crypto side of things are getting a little worried about what this is going to look like. It's kind of by nature designed to be unregulated. and uh, but, it that, can, but it can be. If this is truly stranded gas, and we have – so right now, if I wanted to, I could go out and drill a natural gas well, right, with no infrastructure at all. I could take that gas. Bring it up out of the ground. If it's dry gas, you know, if it's wet gas, you got to have some more equipment on location. But be, with your generator, I could have that gas come up, power your generator. I could have Bitcoin mine out there. I could have a satellite in, internet, so I don't need any lines out to my location. Satellite internet, I could go back and forth with all my data, and I could be a mining Bitcoin full-time with natural gas out there. You 100% could do that. And I mean, that uh, is real power. That is real power put back in the hands of the mineral owner and not the government. That's what they're terrified of. And the mineral owners, the, the problem is with them is when they get paid for that gas, they wanted the value of the gas. And if they're not being paid and they're flaring it, then the mineral owner by nature is not making any money off of it anyway. They're typically having to pay to flare that gas. So the mineral yeah. owner is making that money off the oil. So when it comes to buying the gas cheap and how the mineral owners get rewarded, the mineral owners typically are not the ones that get rewarded as much as the company doing the mining. Sure. And it's an entrepreneurial spirit that, that, that nobody that has the gas has to give it to anybody or has to sell it for a certain price. They can do whatever they want, but they will get approached by people who are going to try to always buy it as cheap as they can. And whether that's 25 cents an M or a dollar or $2, that's, uh, that's going to be good. Well, I, I really want to see where this is going to take us. I mean, I, I think you guys are uh, poised to, I don't know, I mean, rein in the new frontier of the oil and gas sector. I mean, Oklahoma is sitting on, uh, let's call it, Bitcoin heaven, right? I mean, Oklahoma is all about gas. Oklahoma, Texarkana, I mean, areas that are close that have been old historical gas plays that have been quote-unquote dead for many years. You know, now there's opportunity there. Uh, what's interesting about this is Alex and I had a meeting this morning in Tulsa, and um, you know we're in there visiting with an engineer, and we're telling him that, hey, less than 15 minutes away, there's a Bitcoin mine running off gas. Yeah, and the engineer's like... Yeah, you know exactly where that's at. And the engineer's like, well, what was his reply? He was shocked. He had no clue. He had never heard of people mining Bitcoin with flare gas, even though a lot of the producers that are in his backyard in Wyoming are actually doing the exact same thing. And they've requested quotes on, on generators for me within the last week. And uh, it's so new that even the people you would think would have full clarity about it, uh, maybe never even heard of it. Are you guys partnering with uh, Bitcoin guys or are you guys thinking about maybe like, hey, look, we have the generators. Now we just got to build the buildings and go get the mines. I mean, we could get you guys could potentially go out and set this all up for the mineral owners themselves, right? Like, hey, see, you have this much flare gas. We have the we have the right Bitcoin mine for you. We have the right generator for you and in, in your operation out there. I would say there's multiple avenues that we can go down. And that's probably the beautiful thing about baseline, and uh, what you know, Graham and team and, and and the vision is is we can we can go down multiple avenues depending on what the customer, what the mineral owner, what what they want to do. We, we've got multiple options. Yeah, and it's interesting because when the miners, the guys that actually own the computers and the, mm -hmm. the houses that they mine, uh, that the miners the sit in. The hash huts. The hash yeah. huts. All of those folks typically, not in a greedy way, but their goal is to get power as cheap as possible, fuel as cheap as possible, and to keep as much of the coin as they can because that's their business. Their business isn't typically making oil and gas. The mining group is typically there to mine coin. Mm -hmm. And so if we step in and become a, a full you know, service provider from start to finish, it would be lucrative for us. But the other the partners then become that we're working with are going to ask, 
where do I fit in this picture? If you've already done it all yourself, then, then why do you need me? And so right now we kind of look at it more of a partnership where they go find the gas, they find the customers, they bring the hash hut, and we're just a specialist to provide the power because it's not as easy as just plugging it into the wall. You buy this mining equipment from Russia or China and it has these odd voltages and these different phases and you got to figure out how to tune your uh, generator to run it, that kind of stuff. Do That's we where we step in. Do we have any manufacturers in Oklahoma, in, not in Oklahoma, do we have any manufacturers in the United States who are actually creating Bitcoin miners? I don't believe anybody's creating the actual None. miners, but we have a lot of people creating the hash hut yeah. and then stashing the miners inside of them. Okay. Yep. Interesting that we don't have anybody creating these things. Golly. I think Scott said that there were people attempting to create like Ethereum miners, not the Bitcoin miners. Ethereum works for me. Eat the mic. Don't eat. Yeah, don't eat the mic. <laughs> eat the mic. mic. Do you think that? Okay, so Zach, your software that uh, forecasts that evaluates, you know, the minerals, will that be something in the future that you see as part of the mix? Is like, hey, by the way, your your mineral mix now is worth more money because Bitcoin mining is available in your area, so now the value's gone up. I think the software can be useful for it now for forecasting purposes. <clears throat> You can Excuse see me. how much gas is down there and what that gas will be worth to the Bitcoin mining. Area. Yeah, effectively, if you have a volume of gas and you know, you know, on average, how many dollars per MCF you're mining, you can forecast it with a traditional oil and gas engineering software. Okay. Or a new oil and gas new. engineering software. Yeah, this is all new. Zach, would you say with uh, the recent little spike here, $6 gas, that you guys have seen an influx in calls and forecast and adjusted forecast? Yeah, we've definitely seen an influx in calls in the last mm, couple of months, especially since Jessica... Shout out has come on board, helping us pump up the sales process, and we put out some more marketing type of content to get the word out. Thank you, Matt, You're for welcome, assisting buddy. in that. It's Jessica Lucart, not Jessica Doll. I saw her earlier. Dollar, 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 dollar. I've always known dollar, her as Lucart since we were little kids. I don't, well, I just, I, I think the uh, the software and you know that's available today, along with you know the generation of uh, power out on locations, is uh, vital for all the operators out there. I mean, big or small. You know, all these well sites are going to change rapidly. Absolutely. Absolutely. How many, uh, you know, when you guys are looking, do you know, I mean, do you, were, were you able to scrape the data? Like how many well sites in the United States have uh, flares right now? Do you know? The data is out there, but we haven't, because we're not the ones tracking down the flare gas. We're just the ones providing power to those who are trying to track it down. The data is out there. North Dakota and Texas are going to be the places where there's the most of it. Sure. I mean, Permian's, you know, yeah. we're, I mean, everybody's talking about the Permian right now. They always have and they always will. The, uh, the Bakken, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, there's flare gas everywhere, but I just wondered if you had any idea how many, you know, flares are running in the United States right now. There's enough flare gas out there for a lot of people to power a if lot of If you have crypto. that answer, anybody watching this, by the way, how many wells have flares on them right now? Bailey? You know, I, I need to know. Wolf, XRG Technologies? Yeah. They're a flare technology engineering consulting company. Surely we can, not, sure we can find out, you know, how many flares are running in the United States. Ian can get that for us. There we go. We need that data where we can start measuring how many generators we can, you know, use. Put to work. Right? Absolutely. Because if we know how many flares, maybe we know how much flare gas is coming off of them, and then we'll know how much power is just being burned up for no reason at all. Completely wasted. Wasted. And our energy, our industry does not like to waste. All no, that. but we have done a poor job of, of showing the public that with, well, our, with the way we flared our gas. So we uh, didn't, I mean, I mean, no, it was, it was cheaper to burn it than, yeah. you know, do something else with it until now, you know, now we have your solution. Hey, look, you have gas going, you need to turn it into power. Now, have you had extra power on location? Say they don't have a hash head out there yet. Right. So what's the rest of that power going to do? You know, you have all this gas, you've got the location taken care of, you know, all the power needs on location are taken care of. Now, are you able to sell the extra power back to the you know municipalities? 
conceptually, it's very simple to create the electricity and sell it back. But dealing with utility companies and they large scale, right well, they either don't want the power or they want to have a, or they're going to take two years and 19,000 pages of contracts to figure out how you're actually going to do it. Creating the electricity is easy. Figuring out how to sell it to them is difficult. Uh, this well, adds to our infrastructure. Into, right? I mean, yeah, but it shouldn't, right? Texas had an enormous trouble. Yeah, they had all that trouble last winter. And here you guys have solutions. Like every single place in the Permian that had a flare, you guys had power. You could have tossed back on the lines and sent it down you know, to someone that needed it. You Absolutely. Know, all those. It's oh, yeah. frustrating. Yeah, there's, there's uh, many aspects that, you know, I guess there's different plays that could be put together to help that out, what Baseline could, could do to help solve that. And there's many different options. But, um, you know, I think that's something to continue to work towards in the future. And essentially that generator that they're getting from you, I mean, they, can they buy them or just rent them? Is it all rental? All rental. All, all rental. rental. Okay, well, either way, that's a – that's a cost for doing business that is off the books. That's, you know, that's a, that's a revenue source. Absolutely. And you know, we, we take pride and we have a 99.7 runtime. Um, you know, we do you know, our, our PMs. We, we take care of all the maintenance on all of our units, 99.7 runtime. We have a, um, what we call a 24, seven, 365, uh, telemetry on our, on our units that we're monitoring from our uh, corporate office in Fort Worth. So, you know, we're, we're monitoring low level alarms, you know, any threats that go on. I know Alex, he has a, a major hat in operations role. So his phone, he gets alarms throughout the day, and some of them may not be any issues, but they're just things to monitor so we can prevent any downtime. So when you have a 99.7% runtime, um, that's that's very, very key to our industry because NPT is, is not any fun in, in any aspect. So that's something that Baseline takes pride in. But if anything happens to, like, say, the regular if, – so if you're well – so for those, you know, just tuning in to the oil field for the first time and watching this, uh, God bless you. And then second – all these wells that we go drill after the fact, whenever uh, completion's done and production's you know getting started and all the facilities are built, all that stuff out there takes power. You know the pumps and, and everything ESP. needs yeah all all this uh, the way we bring up the oil and gas from the from the bottom of the well it takes it takes power, and that usually comes from in the old days used to come from the power lines you know running nearby. Somebody had to run electricity out to those you know well sites. Well, guess what? That is really not that efficient. And a lot of times, uh, if, you know, power goes down, you're waiting on a utility company to go fix that. So your well's just sitting there. You know, that's that's a terrible plan. And, you know, a lot of times if the power grid is consistent and it's close enough to you, then, then the need for our product isn't quite as high. But if you have a facility that needs power and you want to turn it on and the power company's not going to be able to get to you for three months or six months, a year, you have a landowner that says you're never going to be able to put a power pole on this piece of property, you've got to have power some way. There's enough places out there that fit what we do, and then there's plenty of places out there where it makes sense to tie into the overhead power lines, but it's just mainly trying to avoid trying to put a diesel generator out to make power in place of a natural gas or the power line, and that's where you know the oil field has really cleaned itself up. When you can put a catalyst on the unit and clean up the emissions and be 90 to 95% cleaner than diesel, it's something Matt. you can be proud of. We mentioned ESG earlier, right? ESG. I'm all about ESG now because I'm going to embrace it and monetize it, and whatever it. the left throws at us, I'm going to say thank you. I'm, stoicism is what I'm learning, okay, as I, as I age in, in wisdom. Stoicism is the ability to just get kicked in the guts and say I accept it and I thank you for it, right? Like, like type up like a report, you know, four or five days, 1,000 pages, and then watch your computer eat it and go, awesome, thank you, computer. I got this. Thank you for that experience, right? So that's what we're going to do with ESG. The left handed it to us said you now have to do environmental and social governance. Okay, cool. Well, is this going to be good for industry? Probably so. We know how to take anything and make it good for us. Absolutely. So, that's a big focus, and that's what's great about Baseline. I mean, since day one we've existed, that's been our focus. And yeah. now all of a sudden it's a big deal. Well, we've been saying it for how many years now? Yeah, you know, you're, you're like, hey, by the way, you know, yes, we're giving you a way to make a cleaner, cheaper power for your well sites. And 
yeah, there's an environmental aspect. Now it's like, oh, there's an environmental aspect. Absolutely. Ta-da. We are. The, uh, that's the, do, do you think that, so the other thing I was wondering about is, is it more economical for people? Are you finding to take them off of grid power or, and then grid power is a backup? You know, like, was, hey, look, you're, you're, the lines are out there. You know, if, if our generator goes down, which it's not 99.9% of the time, but right now you're taking people off of the grid right now because of uh, the way they have, the way the structure is on their gas coming up out of the ground. You can run their well site off of the, your generator cheaper than they can get the grid power. We're doing that five miles from Trace's office right here in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. There's a few operators around here that would rather, and it makes more economical sense uh, to the bottom line to have our generators out there versus paying Oklahoma Gas and Electric. And now I'm not saying that they won't go to that in the future, but as they turn these wells on and they're, you know, they've got their ESP fired up when the well starts to decline, then they'll probably run it to the grid power, which is going to save them more money then. But right now we're the economical choice. Because so much gas is coming out. So, yes. And what's that going to mean? Well, that and, and, you know, the, how much the electricity is going to run to power all their pumps, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What does that mean in the next year, the next two years? Are they going to make the switch over to, if they have you know, Highline power available, or are they going to continue to utilize the gas that they have to power all the pumps that are out there on equipment? That's probably the wild card that's there right now. The focus is it's the cost savings measure right now. ESG is a good component to that. But as ESG continues to grow and grow and has legs on it, as we're seeing it do, that may just be, it could be mandated. You know, we don't know, right? Um, but it's good to know that we have that option. That, that's here locally, Alex. Obviously, he's dealt with it a lot in a couple other states than what I've seen. Well, I mean, it's all dependent on your dollars per kilowatt hour. What, whatever you're paying in, in every state varies. And your demand charges based on how much power you use. Well, also, you can have a much higher rates when, you bring in, when you're using much more power. So in Oklahoma, is really one of the only states where we've had a lot of success with taking customers off of the grid and putting them on generators. And it's mostly due to the economics. They provide us with their utility bill. We back calculate what they're paying and what we can pay, and we show them the savings. In typical oil field generator rentals, we are bridging the gap, providing power until the power line gets there. So it's extremely different from when we're actually they're hooked up to the grid and they take it off the grid and hook it up to the generators, not only for it's cheaper, but also in some cases because it's more reliable. And uh, that's kind of, you know, pat ourselves on the back when we have something rotating at 1800 RPM, 24 hours a day, 365 days out of the year and still being more consistent than something coming from a power plant. Uh, that's not always the case, but when you have uh, poor grid service, you can always count on us to, to step up and fix that problem for you. Well, look at other countries as well that you guys could expand in. I mean, as, as more countries become more savvy on how to, you know, utilize uh, the drilling and, and completion production process that, you know, we've adapted here in the United States for their natural resources, well, they're not going to have the same infrastructure on their power grids, right? They're going to have to rely on, you know, companies like yours to go, oh, hey, we're drilling wells out in the middle of nowhere. We've got to use this, you know, you know, reliable power that, you know, you guys provide. So, there's a whole new market coming up. Absolutely. So I think you just gave a shout out to the, to, you know, Graham, our CEO, that I mean, we need to go overseas. Let's go offshore. <laughs> to right? take it international. Yeah, let's go international. I'd like to drill well in like, you know, Dominican Republic. Next Somewhere week. tropical. Somewhere tropical. Yeah. <laughs> I get down with that. Work on that tan. <laughs> you know what? Tan fats are way better looking. <laughs> yeah, well, you're down 100? 125, 130 Good for you, man. Cheers. Yeah. That's Congrats. awesome. I had a good time. That's awesome. Hand it to my wife that uh, watches the kids and lets me go jog marathons these days. And you got a good one putting yeah. up with you. That, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Misty knows that. Uh, every one of us in the Woolfield has outkicked our coverage on the wife scale. I promise you. Absolutely. Part of it. We don't deserve any of them. I agree. We I agree. put them through the ringer. But the, uh, the, the other thing I found fascinating was uh, the way your generators run off of the gases present on location. Uh, you are talking about uh, earlier 
uh, I mean, every time, every well is different. You know, you have wet gas, dry gas, and then a mixture of those gases in between. So you guys can take your generators and tune them to the gas, you know, at the, at that particular well. Yeah. I mean, meeting this morning, I mean, Alex, I kind of, you know, going through the gas analysis. Um, it's pretty key for us to, to get that, you know, the operators, it's, it's a lot different than a prior life. I was in, you know, they're so happy to give you information to, to help out. And, uh, without the operators giving us that information, working together on it, it helps us be successful to drive the success that they need. But, um, you know, this morning we got a prime example of that. And Alex can kind of talk through the details of that is, like I said, reading a foreign language on it, he gets it all, but you know, having that data really helps us and how much we have to derate, derate our engine, et cetera, et cetera. So, well, I mean, when you go to the gas station, you pick the octane of your fuel, you got regular, you got Supreme, you know, I want the 93. Why don't we have that more in Oklahoma? It's we, in Texas all over the place. I can't get 93 <laughs> anywhere here. It's one off Memorial. Bananas. Oh, Memorial. Okay. Well, I've been looking at our place. Seven <laughs> Eleven gas. Ain't now you found it. People come out and fill your vehicle up for you, Matt. The I don't like that. It's so nice. Yeah. There's one in Tulsa left, I think. Full service. You're going yeah, there tonight. Service. You're going. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going there tonight. Pick up a fridge. But anyway, so back to the. So back yeah, to that's the pretty much the exact opposite of what we're dealing with. We don't get to go in and pick our 89 or our 91 or our 93 octane. We're given what we're given, and it's usually based on a BTU, the British Thermal Units, how much energy is in it. We prefer, and engines in general prefer methane and ethane, the lighter of the hydrocarbons. As you put propane and hexane and heptane in the C3 plus hydrocarbons in the chain, you change the combustion of the fuel in the engine. And to be able to have an engine that can tune itself or to be manually tuned to be able to operate on a wide variety of gases. I mean, like, like uh, Josh was saying this morning, the customer we were talking with had 1,530 BTU gas, which is only 60% methane. Okay. So now you've got 40% of your gas stream is something that's not exactly ideal for your engine, which changes the way it combusts, which changes the way that uh, the timing needs to be set on the engine. And these are all things you have to know. And if your customer was like, hey, I just got gas, and he thought it was all the same, you could get out there and have, be a, have a journal that's not big enough because you need to derate that power. So as much as our, our business, we try to keep it less technical, there are some things about it where you have to do the diligence up front to make sure that you deliver a, a good product to the customer. So no, engineering. That, yeah, yeah. The, the We've engineering got engineers on staff at baseline. <laughs> so you have separate machines out there to scrub the gas before it gets to the generators, or is this part of the generator? The customers itself? themselves will run it through their own separation they, equipment, they and then we have a, we'll have a final scrubber before it goes into the engine to kind of catch the final bit. But by no means do we have like a separator or a slug catcher on the front side of our generator. That's the customer is going to build their facility and whether they're putting the gas to the generator or put into a compressor or put Alex, into a you should provide that service i mean i'm just saying that's a that's an he could do it yeah you could, he do, could it. do it it would be redundant they've already built it by the time we show <laughs> up so. yeah i want i mean that that thing should be out there just walking around cleaning up garbage too on location <laughs> now we're <laughs> talking yeah, put some legs on that bad boy become the robot of the location well, there's a drone that can do that now right? yeah, why did it yeah can it fly <laughs> that's next yeah <laughs> i want your generators to fly out to location land hook themselves up with all the cords and like we're here boss and <laughs> ready to go that's the future. It's That's gonna, the future. Yeah. Tesla robot. Rigs are going to be able to do it pretty soon. I think H&P, I talked to Amanda you know, Collier the other day. I think the H&P rigs are just going to fly to location, drill a hole, and then like bring you back like a hose for your <laughs> natural resources. It's going to be amazing. Life's going to be good. Life's gonna be Sounds easy. like none of us are going to have a job. Yeah. Right. We're going to have to hire a lot of smart We're, people to continue to run computers. Ta-da. Well, well, no, wait, no, wait, not me. <laughs> Software you do a good job editing everything. This thing's probably not even working right now, guys. We're probably, <laughs> is this on? Yeah, by the way, anything that happens in this room is uh, may or may not be recorded right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to mess up at least one or you know two every week. There's people out there they are going to come to their LinkedIn pages and be looking and looking and looking forever and ever wondering, 
man, did he just not like that one? Like I did. I just, you know, it just sounded like crap. And <laughs> or your voice was like, you were just moving your mouth and I never actually Nothing hit came through. Yeah. Nothing came through. <laughs> so there's people out there right now just wondering if they're ever going to see their episode. It'll get out there. Terrifying. Eventually stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> I might just time. have to like overdub it, like put their words in, in, in my voice. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you can just type So this one terrible. is on? Sure. Okay. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> you can say whatever you want in here. It'll stay, never, tuned, Zach. stay tuned, Stay tuned. Stay tuned, Zach. Zach, what do you think about all this, man? Your customers, oh. your customers are going to uh, find ways. I mean, you talk to a lot of smaller operators, so this is something that they need as well, big and small, right? There's, I mean, how many well sites are in the United States running right now? There's another piece of data you need to find out. Yeah, good question, right? How Ian, many, Ian, how many, Ian can get that for us. How many wells are producing right now in the United States? Are, is there going to be you a pop quiz after this? Yeah, this is a yeah, this is all you know. I need multiple choice. We'll I mean, I actually know, I know this number, I think. But we can open let's my do laptop. It. Yeah, we, well, we, we could find out. We could find out. I don't think forecast we can, can tell you that information. For your software can tell you how many wells are producing right now in the United States. Well, online. for sure in Oklahoma, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, and West Virginia. So we need the North now. We need the Rockies. We need the Bakken. We need the Marcellus. Okay. When a client requests that, we'll definitely add it. I could be a client. <laughs> yeah. Just did. Just did. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Sorry about the cursing on this show. It gets hairy. Sign here, Matt. Hey, by the way. Uh, in case Talisker uh, Storm is watching, uh, this is your whiskey and we like it. And you're welcome to send a bottle. Um, Th thank you. Of all the things I want to sponsor us, it's always like a whiskey company. You know, I mean, eventually, like, people, local? first of all, we'll get a spot. I mean, the only sponsor we have right now is Trace Management and the Oilfield Tailgate. You know, all the sponsors pitch in and, you know, do their thing for Oilfield Tailgate. So I'm doing this really to say thank you to the Oilfield Tailgate, you know, sponsors. Right. Eventually, that, that's kind of how it all got started. It's like, how could I give the tailgate sponsors more bang for their buck? Right. So we'll do little commercials for all of them with my camera. Now, how many podcasts have you done? What is this episode? Oh, man. I think we're on. This is number. I think you guys are number 15. You, see, you, need, to you need to announce that. It's kind of like you're asking about all the active wells and everything. How many? I might slip a couple in between. I don't know okay. if this is actually going to be number 15 in the lineup. Joe Rogan, he's numbered. I mean, you got it all numbered. No, I'm not that. I'm not, I'm not uh, sophisticated yet like Joe Rogan. Let's get you there. Yeah. We just got to make sure that we're actually recording this one. <laughs> we are <laughs> recording this, right? <laughs> What's uh what's some of the things you guys see coming up in uh, power generation really like what what's the next steps in technology for our industry on on that side of things you know really you know we've talked a lot about some of the newer and different things that we do but really at the core of our business we're powering oil field surface equipment and downhole pumps getting into the crypto side getting into some of the other stuff is really new I mean powering ESPs powering pumping units powering lacked units powering saltwater disposal pumps. Uh, you know, just central tank batteries, anything that you would hook up to the electricity. That's, but now, you know, generators, you know, uh, rigs have been running on diesel generators for a long time. Frack fleets have been running on diesel. You know, those are two very large ticket items that require a lot of power. You know, figuring out how to run those on natural gas Amen. Um, is, is, is a big push. You know, lots of uh, frack companies and drilling companies are looking into that. We're, we're heavily looking into that ourselves. And, you know, if you're trying to make an impact, start with the biggest the biggest source of emissions in our industry which is the drilling and the completions the production side every bit helps but we're talking a couple of hundred kilowatts versus multiple megawatts and we could really make a big impact in our in our industry if we could convert everything over to natural gas and could, get away from could diesel. you guys put your generator do you have big enough generators to run uh drilling rigs we have we would take a bunch of ours to do it mm -hmm. so what we've been looking into is just some larger ones because most uh, customers have a limited amount of space and we want to be able to provide what they need without taking up too much space. So baseline is, you know, looking into some of those, uh, those new ventures and, uh, 
you know, hopefully we'll have some exciting news coming out of that in the next I mean, few that'd months. That'd be cool. You know, you get out there to location, you start up your generators with diesel, of course, but then, you know, you switch over to, boom. I mean, Cactus, you know, has some of those available right yeah, they now. Yeah, a lot of dual fuel. A lot of dual fuel, but, you know, if, if uh, you guys just have the, hey, by the way, I can bring out, uh, you don't even have to have power now on your rigs as part of it. Like, we'll just bring out the power as a separate service. That's what we're hoping to do. And, and, you know, most wells, not all wells, have access to natural gas near them. If you're drilling a pad that already has a well on it, great candidate. If you're wildcatting or just drilling a brand new pad, maybe not. But, you know, Sertaris and some of these other uh, fueling companies that provide natural gas, it's not as cheap and as cost effective as using your own gas because you're having to transport it and compress it and everything else. But there's plenty of people out there that can get you enough gas to run anything you want, any time of day, anywhere. It's just if you have it yourself coming out of a pipeline or a wellhead, you're, you're miles ahead of having to buy it from somebody else. I mean, I just want a Bitcoin mine so bad now. I, just wanna, I really just want to go out and drill wells with and use generators and and bitcoin mine has anyone so disruptive i just i absolutely love that we can take away you know power from that dollar bill has I mean, anyone drilled a bitcoin purpose well specifically for bitcoin oh sure that you've heard you of why not i mean why would you why would you tell anybody if you did i wouldn't i wouldn't I'd especially have... if it was going well yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you want to see somebody come out and can your you know, software not detect that zach i don't think that there's a category supposed for to say bitcoin not yet mining well it's not it's not in public data yet but one day there you go. I mean, th- I mean, that's that's the thing. Like I just talked about, is like you can you can now go out, drill a gas well, have a generator, a hash hut, and your yep. so- and your software and uh, your uh, your satellite dish to uh, connect to the internet. Petroleum engineer determine the economics and the reserves so we can see how to maximize the miners. It's all about you know if you know how much gas you've got, you know how much you can get paid for the gas, or you know your equivalent cost on what you're mining. You can build a model and you base it off all of, of crypto as opposed to selling oil or gas. And if that model has a higher, steeper curve to the right, then uh, likely that's where you want to go. What are, what are our friends in Tulsa say uh, when you guys went up to see them that we're doing the Bitcoin mining? So the other day we were talking and we did the numbers with them. You know, that was roughly, I don't know, that was what, two months ago now? About two months. I was there last week also. So, you know, with the price of Bitcoin at the time and the price of uh, natural gas at the time, they were roughly making $15 gas instead of like the five dollar or some four dollars and some change that it was at the time so i don't know how that would translate today well yeah you know now that bitcoin's sitting around forty eight thousand dollars or so but the main thing is that when gas was two to three dollars which it has been for the last couple of years um, most of the folks we talked to said they were getting anywhere from 18 to 32 dollars equivalent in mcf and that can all depend on how much they were originally getting for their gas as well as how much mining equipment they're using and not all mining equipment is created equal. No, not so, equal. So you've got the, you the uh, $15,000 mines and you've got the $1,000 mines. So it's efficiency. It's, that's, a big, that's a big scale and big factor in that. Is what, are you, what are you using to mine with and how much, how much hash rate do you have? What is, what is the uh, price of gas doing for you guys right now as it's going up? On our generator business outside of like crypto, just our standard core business, more wells are drilled in areas that need power. So traditionally, just like all other service companies, we are busier. Um, on the crypto side, it kind of is the opposite because unless the gas is stranded, not a lot of people are wanting to take $6 gas and put it to the generator when it was $2. It made a lot of sense. It still does at six. It's just a little bit less appetizing to the tune of three times uh, less appetizing than it was. <laughs> um, but uh, for us, we still do way more business with oil and gas traditional than we do with crypto. And so as oil and gas prices increase, opportunities increase and business is better for us. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, more and more of our world will run on natural gas, and maybe there will, will just won't be enough natural gas for you know crypto at the time. You know, the crypto will have. In fact, they'll drive up crypto prices, right? Something's gonna be, have to power all electronic vehicles once uh, they start sucking on the grid power. Natural gas, electronic vehicles, probably first. Yeah. I still want a canoe just because I met the guy now, and and I think I can make it all tactical. You know, that's it. It'll be an electrical tactical vehicle, right? 
That's it. It's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be made in Oklahoma. So that's my only reason. Like, okay, I probably okay. figure out how I can play with this thing. It's like a cool golf cart. Yeah, that'll work. I mean, I, what a, the administration came out and said we need to have all electric vehicles by whatever time frame it was. But the power. I mean, you can't even power everything. I've got like Fred Flintstone feet. That's probably how those that's vehicles a, are gonna be. You are running mostly a lot. powered. Yeah, that's exactly how it's gonna be Big, powered. Thick, hairy they're feet. Just, there just hadn't been enough that's been thought through on all of that yet. So, I mean, I'm sure they're going to say that there has. But you don't think hadn't. the government thinks through everything, Josh? I think our, I mean, no. I think our current <laughs> administration wrong. thinks through anything at all. <laughs> that's a whole separate podcast, and that's going to be a lot more of that. Yeah, well, we're, you know, we're going to work with them. We're going to reach across the aisle and pull them out of their, you know, we're going to pull their heads out of something. Well, we need to. We have to. Well, the prices is what helps us. When people go pay $4 a gallon for gasoline, and we shut down a pipeline coming to the United States from Canada, and we shut down federal drilling, and then we go beg foreign countries to give us more oil and gas, and they don't, and they don't do it. I don't understand like, how just, that is just terrifying. I and mean, we all grew up, you know, in a, in a country that's pretty free. And I want to stay that way. So if I have the ability to create my own energy, then I'm a free person. The second, you know, we can't create our own money out of Bitcoin, and the second we give over all of our energy, you know, production to overseas entities that hate America and hate what we stand for and hate our values, that's terrifying. Well, to be before I was born, even the 60s, 70s, 80s were all times where we wanted energy independence. And then as soon as we created energy independence with the shale revolution, everybody freaked out and said, make it stop. And it's all they wanted for 30 years. We were, you know, I remember my parents saying, People were talking about running out of oil and gas by, you know, the late 80s. And we're going to, you know, there's always some giant conspiracy about how the world's about to burn down. What a and we figured out how to power it. And then they said, no, shut it down. Let's just, and on top of shut it down, let's only shut it down here. And then let's go get it from places that don't have any rules and do it really, really poorly and fund really terrible organizations. Yeah, they, yeah, they want to kill us. <laughs> yeah. Kill our children, yeah. kill our freedom. Yeah. That's, That's uh, what I'm worried about. we got to do this for our kids. I mean, we got to speak up on it and we got to protect our kids. You've got little ones, Zach does, you know, we... The problem is, out of all the people we talk to, I mean, no one wants to run for office. We just want to be, be behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to be behind the curtain, behind the curtain. Podcast opinions. <laughs> Podcast opinions. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, I lived in uh, Boulder County, Colorado for a long time. God and bless uh, you. I enjoy to drink a lot of beverages, cold beverages in the evening sometimes. And so uh, I got in some interesting conversations with folks. Uh, Did you tell them right away you're a petroleum engineer? I would say that, and they would think I was the devil. Some nice. Instant, we, instant fight. Are we into Twitter now? Is that what we're talking about? I love Twitter. Is that where you're getting on your... Social media fights? Twitter. No, no, not social. We're he talking did about it in person. person. Oh, this real is all I real, did it in person, yeah. real yeah. fights. You know, well. real cup full of booze and real liberal that's really hating me for being a petroleum engineer, standing in front of them. And uh, that was always an interesting part of the business was just trying to explain to them, as David Ramsen Wood, another uh, LinkedIn guy, says, uh, there is no pissing section. In, there's no pissing section in the swimming pool. You know, if there's emissions coming out in Iraq or Iran or Russia, we all live in the same globe. Why not do it here where we can do it cleaner? And uh, you when I would try to explain that to people, this is not not in my backyard. If you really care, you would do it in Colorado. We do it the cleanest you can do it. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean that the world's not going to, you know, have the emissions coming into it. And 70, 80 percent of them would go, oh, that makes sense. And the other 20 percent, I'm just stick their head back in the sand and say, you're the devil. You're a petroleum engineer. You know, we need all renewable energy and have uh, no concept of really hey, how it works. For those who aren't in the know, I think uh, natural gas is renewable, by the way. Just my just my humble opinion, but from uh, geologists I've talked to, I mean, guess what? We always have this magnet churning in the you know middle of the earth and all that rock. And so every time you you know heat something up and turn it into melting things, well, there's gases. Those gases will eventually make it to some pocket in our you know in our uh, rock, right? 
So we just have to find it. That's it. That's renewable. Well, now they're coming out and they actually have RNG, renewable natural gas, which is from landfills and from biospheres full of manure. So we need to make more <laughs> landfills to make more renewable gas, everybody. Or we can say that burning wood chips is renewable because that's what a lot of the green companies are doing these days because you can grow trees back. You can grow trees back, so it's, it's renewable um, resources. It yeah. makes you just want to bang your head against the wall. Look, whoever came up with green energy, they said the word green, and it was the best marketing ever. Like, I just want to wrap my arms around that salesman and go, dude, you are a wizard. That's why we have to rebrand. That's why we have ESG. We're taking that from them, just like I took flat bill hats. You know, like, hey, look, <laughs> I can wear a flat bill hat. I can take your ESG. I'm going to I'm gonna create, like, a, what are we going to call it, a Earth Energy now? Earth so, Energy. Yeah, we're not going to call it fossil fuels anymore. Now it's yep. called Earth Energy. I mean, it's ours. We, we, can, we can brand it, all this however we want. Let's go. Let's do this. Earth Energy. Energy. Earth Energy. Hashtag Earth Energy. I think it happened. Well, guys, listen, this is our show. This is the Talking Energy Show. I think we've talked energy long enough for anybody to stand, don't you? Absolutely. How do people get a hold of Baseline Energy Services? How, what's your website? We're at uh, BaselineEnergy.com. BaselineEnergy.com. What's your email, Alex? I'm uh, A. Flournoy, uh, F-L-O-U-R-N-O-Y, at Baseline-Inserve, which is short for energyservices.com. Okay, well, you're going to have to look that up. I'm gonna check it out. on Check it out. On, <laughs> find, find me on LinkedIn. If find, you're, find Alex on LinkedIn. Can you spell my last name, Matt? I can't. <laughs> I probably can. M-U, no, M-U-G. M-U-E. M-U-E. There you go. M-U-E. Two G's. G, yeah. G, E-N-B-O-U-R-G. B-O-R-G. B-O-R-G. I failed kindergarten three times. So I would, too. Yeah, my son's in pre-K if right now. If I had now. to spell your name to get past that. Oh, it's ridiculous. My anyway, girls. You guys probably spell Muggenberg. So yeah, yeah, they can do if it. If you're listening, Muggenberg. Muggenberg. easy. Josh Muggenberg. Good old German name for you. Can't forget it. I love you guys. Thank you for Thank coming you, in here and doing Appreciate this. Appreciate you having Thank us. You, anything you want to plug? You got any events coming up? Uh, anything uh, you need to... Uh, what, one thing I want to say is last week we were at the Dan- Daniel Energy Partners Barbecue out in the Permian. Uh-huh. Hands down, one of the best oil-filled events and shows that I've ever attended. And as you know, Matt, I've been to them all across, really, the world. I mean, yes. I've been over in Dubai and um, all across, and, and that was one of the best events ever. So shout out to Daniel Energy Partners and that group. And um, you know, I know there's a lot of events that are coming up, and it's, and it's good to see people getting out. And all the COVID restrictions, I'm not saying they're totally lifted. Everyone has to be safe. I, I get that. But uh, it's good to see people out again. It's good to shake hands. Are you uh, going to be at the, um, the OER, the uh, SOAR next week? Uh, S-O-E-R, O-E-R-B? Won't be there. We're going to be, uh, we have a booth at the Oil and Gas Expo there in the Permian. Same week Permian Basin, be there. yep. So, you know, come check us out at our booth show. there. And um, Matt will be going around with his camera doing <laughs> interviews. Bless you. And okay. the sneezes today. Yeah. yeah, it's going around. I went out to uh, Eugene Beckman. Had uh, Man, there's there's one I want to plug. The House of Healing. Him and his wife started this amazing equestrian experience for uh, just young women that are in need, right? Like, I mean, if you need if the foster young girls, and they go out there and get Christian counseling, and uh, just a really amazing experience. So Gene Beckman's wife started House of Healing. And if, uh, if you could just, you know, please everybody go up and, you know, go online, look up House of Healing, donate to them. That's something really, it was touching. I got to emcee their... Uh, fundraiser last night but awesome there's like a little forest fire over there was that up in kingfisher county uh no it's kind of in between El reno and uh yukon okay but out, out there they had the little you know ranch and uh and what a what a great experience so i got to emcee that yeah. all the touchies and the feelies got me oh man yeah. it'll do it'll tug on those old heartstrings tug on the heartstrings we got a lot to be blessed for yeah yeah we never do. forget it don't take life for granted alex what about you man what do you got coming up man i'm just uh just grateful to be down here in the great state of oklahoma um Love Colorado. Grew up in Louisiana. Just think everybody should be proud of where they're from. Continue to support local, uh, whatever that may look like, you know, whether it's beers, whether it's your industry, whether it's clothing that you like to wear and support your friends. Um, Jeremy Funk, first podcast I ever went on. Shout out to him. He had a great golf tournament last Friday. Funk Futures, I'll plug that. Yeah, I like, um, I like his show. He's, he's, a, he's a good guy tripping over the barrel. Fun. Um, so, yeah. What a great name, too. It's a good name. 
Yeah, my, my name's controversial, Talking Energy Show. It's a long story. It's controversial? Well, I, and, and once again, I'm going to make a shout-out. Max Gagliardi. Uh, I talked to Max I, yesterday. What a great guy. I know awesome. I love his show. And uh, Good show. I started this Talking Energy Show before I realized there was a show called The Talk Energy Podcast. So Talking Energy Show, Talking Energy Podcast. Right? Two separate entities, but in the same you know vicinity of each other. And I was like, oh, crap. Because I went out and got like the website and all these hashtags and all the like all the social media things. And I'm like, oh, man. Uh, but Robert Hefner's like, hey, you know, Max uh, has this show called the Talk Energy Podcast. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so I hope we don't trip over each other. And I was like, you know what? If, if I need to for a guy that, you know, I support, I'll get rid of this name in a heartbeat. I don't care. It's Brandon, not Brandon. I'll start some. We'll, we'll just call it the Oilfield Tailgate every time we come in here. What's the Earthstone? Earth Energy. Earth, Earth Energy. Earthstone. <laughs> Earth, Earth yeah, there we go. What about you, man? What do you want to plug, Zach? Oh, what do I want to plug? I went to a golf tournament on Monday for F&M Bank, a local bank, support local. They put on a great tournament. What they, what's their charity go to? It was uh, more of a client appreciation type of event that they do every year. So good to be a part of that. And I'll plug Forecast. You can find information on Forecast Smart. at forward-cast.io. Forecast is an oil and gas engineering software, uh, effectively values producing oil and gas properties. And I guess if I'm going to plug, uh, of course, I'm going to plug Night Fire Specialists. Uh, we have fire suppression units for your well sites. And uh, make sure your equipment and your uh, people are safe. Go home uh, whole every night. Every night. All right. Every Guys, night. thank you all. Appreciate Thanks, you Matt. very much. Appreciate, Appreciate you your time. Talking Energy Show. Talk Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye.